welcome to episode 119 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian here in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, this is a podcast uh, for the members of Christ Church, but we, of course, invite anyone else to listen in and be encouraged. And uh, today uh, I'm here with my uh, two good friends, uh, Dr. Gabriel Williams, who is a professor of atmospheric physics. I always like saying that. Uh, I, I always feel smarter when Gabe's in the room. Uh, he's a professor of atmospheric physics at the College of Charleston. And uh, I know that he is pleased to be coming to the end of the semester. Uh, Very much so. Uh, yeah? Are you <laughs> still grading so. finals? No, we're done. We are completely done. Wow. Grades were uploaded, I think, three or four days ago. So we're, we're completely done. So grades were uploaded. Uh, that means a lot of students are very unhappy right now. Uh, <laughs> I know Gabe's a softie, isn't uh -huh. he? Great. Apparently. <laughs> also thankful to be here with uh, the right Reverend Michael Bauer, Associate Minister at Christ Church Presbyterian. And uh, so good to have you here, brother. And I know you uh, recently had some family in town and yeah. enjoyed time with uh, mom and dad, the grandparents in town with uh, right. little Michael. Now they've been excited. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, that went very well. That's yeah. wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, do want to uh, talk today uh, about something that's on the minds of many, as we are just days from uh, a new year, twenty twenty two. It's hard to believe, uh, but but here we are, and uh, so we wanted to talk today a little bit about. Uh, New Year's resolutions and uh, what, the, what it means that uh, one calendar year is turning into another and how we ought to think about this as Christian believers. Of course, the Bible does encourage us and challenge us and exhort us to think about uh, the use of our time mm. and uh, the fact that we have limited time on this earth and we have to ask ourselves, uh, I think if we're thinking biblically, how will we use that time right. uh, in a way that brings glory right. to God and is mm. most beneficial to our neighbor, to our friends, to our church, and, and, uh, and on we could go. Uh, of course, a familiar uh, passage that uh, pastors like to preach on in the new year is Psalm 90, and there's good reason for that because it does uh, call us to question the use of our time and reminds us that our time is limited. Uh, Psalm 90 says this, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers, for we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are seventy, or even by reason of strength eighty, Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. 
Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Amen. Well, what uh, profound encouragement for the Christian believers as we uh, commence yet another year, uh, God willing. And as we look forward to it, uh, there are many important things to remember uh, in this psalm. Uh, not least, the difference between God and us. Right. He is infinite. We yes. are finite. He lives. We will one day die. And uh, we are all familiar with, uh, especially those of us who are, who are getting older, uh, uh, I just turned 29 just a few weeks ago, and I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling quite old. No, in all seriousness, I turned 50 uh, this past year, and it's something that's said regularly, isn't it? Um, I can't believe that I am this particular age. I remember my 96-year-old uh, grandmother-in-law uh, before she died a couple of years ago saying, I look in the mirror and I say, who is that old lady staring back at me? <laughs> Uh, our lives go by so quickly. The psalmist is expressing uh, the truth about our lives that it, we are like grass. Mm -hmm. We grow up, we wither, and we go away. And mm -hmm. God endures forever. He's, he's everlasting. From everlasting to everlasting, He is God. And yet, sometimes we act like we're going to live forever, and that, that actually cultivates bad habits yeah, and, yeah, and, right. and bad decisions. But we are not going to live forever, and one day we... And all of our works will be presented before God. And so this is a different way of living for the Christian believer when we understand that. And so there's lots to talk about, isn't there, as it concerns time and the way that we relate to our, our great God in, in, in relation to time. And I think this is a call to a sense of soberness because the reality is that it's very easy to kind of squander your time getting so kind of busy with the standard day-to-day uh, -day things you do uh, throughout your entire life. And, you know, as has always been said, that we know that habits are built over time based upon discipline mm -hmm. and just, you know, consciously planning your days and your weeks and your years. But often it's easy to just kind of forget that at the end of your life, uh, there's an accounting that will happen of your works. And Paul speaks about this very explicitly in Romans. But there is a real sense in which the Christian ought to look at their lives and ask the question, am I wasting, you know, as John Piper said years ago, am I wasting my life? And wasting life doesn't mean necessarily you're going to, the, the response to wasting life doesn't mean you go to the mission field necessarily. But it does say that when you Think back upon your days. How much of your time is wasted in frivolity? How much of our time is wasted in things that we know has no temporary or even eternal significance? Gabe, it's extraordinary <laughs> to think about how much time is spent in front of the television. Yeah, television, social media, all of those things. Yeah. And we, had, we now have all of the statistics about the reality that you know, if you look at the average American's life, uh, you know, more than 20 hours a week is spent in front of the television, more than 15, well, probably much higher, more than 20 plus hours a week are spent on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, oh, yeah. etc. People have a full-time job when they go to work and a sense a full-time job of squandering time at home. You know, uh, people have called teenagers these days screenagers. <laughs> and uh, 
really, to be fair, uh, there should be some term that really encompasses everyone. That's right. Uh, because you have teenagers looking at screens, you know, in all their waking hours. You have adults looking at screens yeah. uh, in, in most of their waking hours. And you have older people looking yeah. at screens almost all their waking hours. And uh, the networks have really done quite a successful job in making everybody think that if they don't have their screens on, that they are missing out. That's right. And uh, mm -hmm. that they're missing something that they need to know or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, uh, as Christians, we are often not paying attention to what is most important mm -hmm. and what, what matters most. Yeah. And kind of thinking back to uh, aspects of Psalm 90, uh, looking at Psalm 90, verse 6, speaking about the reality of our life as grass. In the morning, it flourishes and sprouts anew. Towards the evening, it fades and withers away. And you think of that both in terms of the life of mankind in general, you know, generation to generation rises and then is gone. But then you think about your own just individual life. And I'm when I remember this song uh, being read as a child, I remember the exhortations towards young people. Because young people, you are in the time of flourishing, so to speak. This is the years in which you have the greatest vitality in terms of your physical body. This is the time where you have mm. the most pliable mind that you will ever have at this point. And, and this is also the time where your obligations are not kind of imposed upon you. And so that means you have the actual opportunity to devote yourself to that which is of the most importance at a very young age. And so when you read the Psalm of Moses, uh, the Song of Moses, excuse me, you read that and you consider what that means for someone who is really young. The reality is that just because you're young doesn't mean that you can wait 20 plus years to then get serious about life. The reality is that by that point, evening is already here. It's already coming in a sense. And if you have squandered your youth, you can never recover. it. And the Bible wants us to think about death. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, right here in Psalm yeah. 90, Moses is reminding us. That the years of our life are 70, or even by, even by reason of strength, 80. Mm. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Uh, mm -hmm. The Bible teaches us that the wages of sin is death. Is death. Uh, and, and so, because of the sin of Adam that we are born with, uh, because of our own actual sins, uh, we will one day die, and the typical age, even all the way back in Moses' day, is 70 or 80. You could put those same statistics on <laughs> right. people yeah. living and dying today with all of our technology, with all of our medication, with all of our vaccines, everything, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We are living about that long, mm -hmm. and the Bible exhorts us to think about that. But in our day, in our day of therapeutic, you know, kind of deism, mm -hmm. Everybody's working hard to get us to not think about that. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really non-Christian, isn't it? It's unbiblical to try to sanitize our lives from the idea of death and from the reality of death. You know, and I've been to many third world countries over the years, and I've seen plenty of these parades of, of people coming through the streets with a dead body. Mm. Uh, say a parade, it's a funeral procession, but they're, mm. they're, they're coming through the streets and holding a dead body. And we just don't see things like that anymore. Our children right. don't see dead bodies anymore because so many people right. are being cremated, for instance. Mm -hmm. And the reality is it's important that we think about the end mm -hmm. uh, because this 
uh, affects the way that we live now. That's right, yeah. And one of the things that Moses hints at in this psalm and that is taken up uh, in other places of Scripture is that not only do we live in light of the fact that we will die, but we live in light of the fact that uh, we have eternal souls. Mm-hmm. So we live in the, in the light of eternity. Um, and that what we do now, um, uh, R.C. Sproul says it, that, that right now counts for all eternity. Right? What we do now matters. Uh, and it, it reminds me of, of one of uh, the resolutions of Jonathan Edwards, uh, the famous American theologian. Um, one of his best-known works is that he wrote down these resolutions that he would uh, live, live his life by. And, and one of them is, to, is he says, uh, resolved. To live so as at all times, as I think is best in my devout frames, that when I have and when I have clearest notions of things of the gospel and another world. And then he says, resolved never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if I expected it would not be above an hour before I should hear the last trump. Mm-hmm. Amen. Don't don't do anything that uh, you would be afraid to do should Christ return in in an hour. Because of this, Moses says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Yeah. Return, O Lord, how long? You have this, this expectation uh, that Moses has of, of God making all things right. Uh, and so he, he, he expresses uh, this uh, desire uh, to have the wisdom to number his days uh, mm. so that he's living yes. with a heart of wisdom. As, as we keep a, an eternal perspective, we will then live with a heart of wisdom. And that actually connects very well to how Paul himself presents how the Christian ought to live in light of, one, the, the reality of having eternal souls, and second, the reality of judgment that is coming. So if you think about Ephesians chapter 5, in which Paul is making an argument at the beginning of this chapter that Christians should not walk as the ungodly do, they should not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. And Ephesians 5 verse 15, it says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Then he continues in verse 17. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then Paul outlines that for the remaining section of the chapter. But the point here in terms of this particular podcast on time is to think realistically about what it means to be wise with the use of your time. And as Paul says, you're called to make the most of it, to make the best use of it. That means you should think of this in terms of a stewardship. Time is a creation from God given to you. You have a certain number of hours. I remember in school, someone said, you have a certain number of heartbeats. You need to remember that That's good. in the future. And to make the most of your time is to realize that you, you can never recover what you have lost or wasted. And therefore, you look to the future and to what God has given you coming up as the Jonathan Edwards resolutions indicate that, therefore, knowing that we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, mm. we ought to resolve ourselves what should we do if we know that we will stand before him. Many people schedule their entire lives uh, around 
what the media says is most important. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be in the old days uh, when TV was first uh, created, and, uh, and, and you know, I, I had parents that were, you know, young children when the television began to, to be prominent in, in the American living room. And, you know, there were, there were times because uh, network programming was so undeveloped, there were special shows that would come on at certain times of the week and the family would gather around the television and watch it together. And uh, so it would be from time to time or on special occasions. Mm-hmm. But network television now, uh, it has become uh, such, had such marketing genius mm-hmm. that they have convinced everyone that they need to be in front of the screen every time there is any possible margin whatsoever, mm-hmm. right? And of course, we're, we're keying in on this a little bit, and we're doing so because I guess we're stating the obvious, but sometimes the obvious becomes less obvious when people are like, like, you know, you're trying to explain to a fish what water is, and they're mm-hmm. like, well, this is just my reality. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you even talking about? And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, it's kind of a wake up, I think, as we talk about time, redeeming the time, as Gabe has just been uh, sharing, I want to say a hearty amen to it, because we, we can waste so much time. And as we, if we look back on 2022, after, you know, so you're listening mm-hmm. to this podcast right now, dear friend, and you're mm-hmm. thinking about your life. When December comes around in 12 months, as you look back on the year, how much time will you have spent mm-hmm. in mindless mm-hmm. w- watching of, of, of television or entertainment? How much time will you have spent online, mm-hmm. uh, you know, reading things that are not worth your time? Uh, uh, how, how little time have you spent doing things that actually have redeeming qualities, like spending time with your your spouse, or or cultivating your relationship with your children, or mm-hmm. uh, other things that we're going to talk here about in terms of our mm-hmm. personal piety. That's right, and um, <clears throat> you know James makes a, a good point about that as well. Is you know we, we can be so overwhelmed with with entertainment that we just say, oh, those important things. Well, they can wait. I can do that tomorrow. I'll spend time with my family uh, over the weekend. But right now, I just really need to relax in front of this uh, screen. Well, well, James, in James chapter 4, starting in verse 13, he says this. He says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Mm-hmm. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such mm-hmm. boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. Uh, procrastination is uh, never a good re- or uh, is 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 a sin, as James says. Uh, we cannot put things off mm-hmm. till tomorrow um, that should be done today. And uh, this is something uh, that I I need to tell myself every day as well mm-hmm. uh, um, that that putting things off uh, is is not a solution and we must do uh, what the Lord calls us to do with the time that he has given to us because tomorrow is not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And I think about this just in terms of our, you can call them spiritual disciplines or you can call them spiritual virtues, whatever it happens to be. Just consider how much of our time is spent actually doing the difficult work of cultivating godly disciplines. So an example I've always discussed in different contexts is 
the normal Bible reading that Christians are called to do, particularly in light of the fact that generations of Christians never had the number of resources that we currently have regarding the Bible mm. right now. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of uh, Bible reading plans that are uh, accessible to every person, but I think at a more fundamental level, I think the the typical refrain I hear from most is that it's easy to start well doing a Bible reading plan. It's very difficult to finish. Life happens, et cetera, et cetera. So this is something, again, that we can chart with statistics and we can chart with a lot of math. And what we know at this point is that if you take the average reading speed of a typical American, a typical American can read through the Bible one time through if they just commit 15 minutes per day to do it. And 15 minutes a day could just mean literally going to the bathroom, coming out the bathroom for a lot of people. It could mean something as... pretty constipated (laughs) after doing that. (laughs) It could be something as simple as, say, you uh, think about all the time you have if you commute from work. So our friends just have an hour and 20-minute commute coming home from Mm. work. a good chunk of that time is just listening to audio Bibles. And again, if you listen to an audio Bible in your car, going to the store and coming back every day, every time you run errands, you will get through the entire Bible probably twice if you kind of commit yourself to it. That is the actual reality of what we can do. But this is one of those things, are you making the most of your time? It's easy to kind of, as Michael mentioned, just kind of, uh, turn off your mind for a period of time and you just want to relax, sit in front of the screen and kind of vegetate in yeah. a sense. Making the most of your time means that you have priorities that are essentially non-negotiable. And those priorities mean at least think about your private devotions. Think about the most basic thing to take, pick up your Bible and to read through it, think about it and go about your day. Interestingly, uh, God has uh, given... Uh, given us sacred time, he yes. has he has commanded uh, in in his word that we observe the Sabbath day to keep it That's holy, right. mm-hmm. and that we keep this day, so it's a period of time, holy. And so we talk about this a lot at Christ Church, and and we do so uh, because we see such a huge emphasis on it in in the scriptures, and uh, we know that God knows best, and He knows what's best for us. Mm-hmm. So. We will say things like, well, uh, you know, Sunday is, uh, is a day of rest, and so, you know, so they have this sort of unbiblical view of rest, and they say, I, I, I just don't want to be busy on Sunday at church because it's a day of rest, and, and so I'm just going to stay home, or I'm going to do Zoom church, so it's very convenient, yeah. or, you know, don't even ever talk to me about an evening service because... You know that's time for us to to run errands and to yeah. have family time or whatever mm-hmm. is is the, is you know the the justification for that, and so um, interestingly, God gives us this day so that the rest of the week would be set apart to Him in a way that's that right. glorifies Him. So right. when Sunday is lost as a day that is meant to be set apart, sanctified unto the Lord for mm-hmm. discipleship for for resting in the Lord with God's people through word and sacrament, which mm-hmm. is what that rest is intended to be, not a kind of, you know, Sunday is for me to go out and sit in the hammock and and, and, and go to sleep or mm-hmm. read a good mm-hmm. novel. Okay, 
that may be something that, that, that you could do for a little while between services or something, but the day is meant to be set apart to the Lord, and that's why the session of Christ Church in the tradition of the Reformed faith and our heritage has uh, two services. That's why we have a prayer meeting. It's why we have Sunday school, because we really do believe uh, the Bible when it says that this is a sacred day. It's that's sacred right. time. Mm-hmm. It, so, so for the Christian... All time is to be redeemed. All time is to be honored, and we mm-hmm. and we work for the Lord as unto men during the week, and so forth and so on. But the Lord's day is a sacred time. It's a it's a special mm-hmm. time where we sit under the, the the proclamation of the gospel through the means of grace, and we're together as a church family, and we are having concentrated communion with God and one another. We can't do that during the week because we're right. busy working and doing everything else. Mm-hmm. But what has happened is. We have brought our junk time into our sacred time, mm-hmm. and our time on the Lord's Day now is no longer dedicated to the Lord and to growth, and then that just spills over into the rest of the week. Yeah, that's analogous to the uh, the statement that Malachi gives in his prophecy where the children of Israel are bringing blind and lame animals to the temple mm-hmm. and saying, yeah. won't God just accept this as you know, my offering? In a, in a similar way, it's not the same, obviously, but in a similar way, you can present the the dregs of your time to the Lord and expect Him to be pleased with it and expect it actually to be beneficial to you. The reality mm-hmm. is that we know what we value based upon how we order our time. And that right. also is true when it comes to what we give to the Lord in terms of what we make the most use of. It is, you know, we've discussed this on a podcast before, but it's very difficult to set your whole Lord's Day to the Lord if the other six days of the week are lived in all bunch of different directions away from God. And we know that's the case. And so the sacred time that we have requires its own set of preparations that we've discussed before. The, the Lord's Day is the first day of the week, and so mm-hmm. it's a it's a launching pad into yes. the rest of our week. So it's, it's, it's like we talk about with the time, treasures, and talents mm-hmm. being dedicated to the Lord. So if we are giving the first fruits of our time to the Lord, and the first fruits of our income to the Lord, and the first fruits of our talents to the Lord, mm-hmm. and we're investing them in, in kingdom work and for the glory of God, mm-hmm. uh, then what happens is that other uh, second, third fruits, as it were, mm-hmm. are also directed heavenward. And uh, another thing I think about often when it comes to New Year's resolutions and making the most of the time is, and it's I know it's a struggle for everyone, is Paul says very clearly in Romans 12, be constant in prayer. Yeah. And prayer is, I know for me, it's something that has ebbed and flows. It there are seasons in which it's fervent, and there are other seasons in which it kind of lags, and there are other seasons where it kind of is perfunctory. And part of the discipline of grace, in a sense, is to develop the habit of making sure that your prayer time, private prayer, or even listening to public prayers, that your mind is not wandering off in different directions. But part of the difficulty of that is if we lack discipline in other areas of our life, it's going to appear very clearly in our prayer lives. And also the opposite is true. If we are not very disciplined in our prayer life, whether it is your private prayers in your closet or the intentional focus of mind in public, 
uh, prayers, you're probably finding out that your other disciplines are going to kind of fall behind as well. That's right. So we would certainly encourage our listeners to uh, to resolve to be committed to Lord's Day morning and evening worship this year, to be committed to reading their Bible and praying. Pastor John, what other things should people think about as they make their uh, resolutions or, or commit to certain things and and how best to use their time in 2022? Yeah, I think there are, you know, foundational uh, things that we just keep coming back to. We've, we've right. touched upon them a, a bit in this podcast, but I, I think uh, personal worship, or some people call it the quiet time, uh, you know, dedicate uh, 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. whatever you have time for, maybe more, but commit to having a daily time where you uh, spend a little time in the Word, where, where God is speaking to you in His Word, where you are dedicating the day to the Lord in prayer, where you are, where you are uh, casting your cares and your burdens upon Him at the outset of the day. Uh, and then, uh, if you are a head of household, uh, be committed to, to, to family worship, mm-hmm. uh, to gathering yes. together regularly in your home, to pray and to sing and to read Scripture. Uh, that will just reinforce that your uh, Christian uh, uh, lives are not just uh, Sunday Christian lives, but that uh, daily you are uh, seeking the Lord. And then, of course, we've mentioned Lord's Day. You know, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. I, I dare you uh, to to make morning and evening worship a priority, and I know that you will be blessed. I, mm. I have no uh, hesitancy to tell you that whatever you have in mind about your life being uh, too busy or, or your margins being too thin to be able to attend morning and evening yeah. worship, I tell you that you will find that the rest of your life will actually uh, be better and there'll be less anxiety, there'll be less stress uh, if you would commit to being under a double portion of the means of grace mm-hmm. on the Lord's Day rather than uh, a single. I, I find that evening worship actually is yeah. is uh, more beneficial in, in many ways than morning worship yeah. because you know your, your heart's been kind of tilled up in the morning and then by the time you get to the evening service your heart is soft uh, you've heard the word preached already. You've had a lot of fellowship. You've spent the afternoon in fellowship or in devotional activity, uh, and and the evening it's like your heart is tender in a way that it wasn't even in the morning. So, mm-hmm. I would say that uh, commit to reading, commit to yeah. reading good books. Um, be uh, uh, you know aware of all the wonderful books. We'd love to recommend some of those to you. We have a new developing library at Christ Church. Take advantage of those books. Uh, we'll be letting you know soon how to best to, to check those out. And uh, so, so read good biographies, good doctrinal books, um, and just, just be intentional about these things. Mm-hmm. These things will not happen uh, without being purposeful and intentional. Well, it's been uh, a blessing uh, to uh, consider these important uh, matters as we uh, embark upon a new year, God willing. Uh, at Christ Church Presbyterian. We're so excited about all uh, that the Lord has for us uh, in the future. And uh, may we, as Psalm 90 says, um, focus on the steadfast love uh, of the Lord mm-hmm. and, and His faithfulness as we enter this uh, this this new year. And uh, thank you so much for being with us on Between the Times. And we look forward to discussing more important matters with you next time.